DJ and PK, time to talk NBA Finals and Jazz roster moves in the offseason with Sean Devney, NBA editor for Heavy.com. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah is in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at SmartRain.net. Sean, good morning. Good morning to you. So... Giannis goes for 40 in back-to-back games, but the Bucks only win one of them. Are the Suns in trouble because the best player, often his team wins the series and Giannis is the best player and the Suns have no answer? Or, yeah, the Bucks got one at home, but the Suns will win game four and then finish it off at home, no problem. Which one seems more likely to you? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, I do think that I've seen a lot of good things for the Bucks. I, I, I do think that overall... Phoenix is the better team, but I think what what Milwaukee does is they win a lot of the the, the categories in the margins, and when they do that, uh, that's that's where their advantage is. You know, they can be a much more physical team; they're a much bigger team. Um, I think you really saw it in, in in offensive rebounding and second chance points. It was twenty to two last night, uh, and that's kind of a carryover from from game two. You know, it was twenty three nineteen for Milwaukee in, in second chance points. Fast break points. Milwaukee won that. Points in the paint. Uh, Milwaukee won that. Those are the that's that's where Milwaukee's got to win. They've got to win those categories. They got to win them significantly to have a chance. Uh, that does not leave much more much margin for error. So I, I, I still think you'd have to have the the Suns as the favorites in this series. Uh, they're the better team. They're a deeper team. Uh, but you know when Milwaukee can be physical and and, and play the way they did uh, last night, they've they've at least got a chance in this thing. So your statement now, you've made that twice, they're the better team. Are you going as the number one reason deeper, or are this, is there something else? Yeah, I think deeper. I think they're a better shooting team. Uh, and, and uh, you know, as we saw last night, it's, it's when, when, when you live by the, uh, uh, the perimeter shot, you die by the perimeter shot, and, and that happened with Phoenix. But I think that, that overall they are a better shooting team. Uh, they have sort of more reliable offense uh, with, with Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and some of their, their role players, uh, whether it's Aiton, Bridges, uh, Cam Johnson. You, you know, they, they have a number of ways that they can attack you where uh, I don't think Milwaukee has that same level of depth. So, yeah, you know, Giannis is the best player in this series, and, and, and Jerry Generally, that works out uh, uh, in, in in that team's favor, uh, but I just think that the, the the depth, the way that Phoenix can come at you with a no, with a number of different scores, I think that gives them the advantage here. Are the Bucks going to win a game in this series because Chris Middleton goes off for thirty four or something like that? Yeah, that's always a wild card. He is capable of that. He's done it in every series that they've been in to this point. So, uh, yeah, there's probably a, a Chris Middleton game coming. Um, you know, uh, obviously he and Drew Holiday weren't great uh, in the two games in Phoenix. Uh, that's part of the issue with uh, with Milwaukee is is I think that their their number two and number three options. Uh, at their best, are very good, but 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 are uh, a bit unreliable. Uh, but uh, when 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 Middleton is hot, and this has been true throughout his playoff career, you know he's capable of putting up uh, you know high thirties and and really carrying you through a game. Monty Williams is going to have to come up with something different as far as guarding onto Tacumbo. Any ideas? Yeah, I mean they got to try to keep him out of the paint. Uh, you know, I think that. 
Uh, what happened last night is something that we've seen before. Uh, if you go back to a game in February when they when these two teams played, uh, Williams tried to use uh, DeAndre Ayton uh, to guard uh, uh, to guard Giannis in that game, uh, and 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 Ayton wound up with five five. I mean, Antetokounmpo went right at him and 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 got him right in the foul trouble. That happened again last night. Um, and and you know that's that's something that Money Williams is going to have to look at because that really hurts them offensively. Aiden's been so important to what they do on the offensive end. So uh, yeah, you know I think that that taking Aiden, uh, finding a different option, but you know whether it's Jay Crowder is is, is the most obvious one. Uh, Bridges, I think you got to use some other guys on on uh, on Giannis. You can't afford to have Aiden, um, you know, giving up the size that is giving up the. Uh, uh, the athleticism, at least, uh, that he does on the defensive end, and then getting into foul trouble and taking himself out of out of what he does offensively, that just hurts you on too many fronts. So uh, I think that's probably the big uh, the big adjustment they've got to make. They've got to go smaller on Giannis, which is a risk in itself, but you just can't afford to have Aiden in that kind of foul trouble. Uh, you know, he was really rolling at the beginning of the game. Uh, once he got into foul trouble, that really changed uh, uh, the dynamics of that game. So Budenholz is taking a lot of heat, a lot of criticism. He's not making adjustments. He's on thin ice. It seems kind of overblown to me. It seems like the team that wins the 50-50 balls, the hustle plays, the team that has more offensive rebounds, that's the team that's winning. And lots of coaches can tell you to go get an offensive rebound. Is he taking too much heat or no? Yeah, I mean, you guys know how it goes, especially these days uh, uh, with, uh, with social media and stuff. It's like... A narrative starts and then it snowballs and everybody jumps on and says the same thing and it becomes the identity of, you know, whoever's the subject of that narrative, right? And, and so Budenholzer, you know, got this reputation that somebody doesn't make adjustments and it's, it, he is slow to make adjustments. There's no question. He trusts his system a lot more than, than other coaches. Uh, but there are plenty of other coaches who don't make adjustments and you can't make 15 adjustments during a game. I mean, you just can't coach that way. Uh, so, you know, he, he, he goes through a game and he makes a couple adjustments. Uh, uh, he did that in game one and game two. Uh, and, 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 you know, just like every coach does. So, yeah, absolutely, that gets blown way out of proportion. It's one of those things that became a story uh, around him. Uh, and it just got repeated so much that, that uh, uh, you know, people just start repeating it over and over. And it becomes uh, a much bigger part of, of uh, how he's identified than, than really what he deserves. In terms of money and length of contract, as far as years go, what do you think Conley's going to get? It's going to be three years. Somebody will give him three years. Uh, so that's that's part. You know, at his age and with his injury history, that's that's a challenge uh, for for Utah. But you know, whether it's the Knicks or or Heat, somebody's going to give him three years. I would think in the twenty million dollar range. So I think we're probably looking at at three years, sixty. Uh, probably is about the minimum, uh, and, and you know it might go a little bit higher than that, uh, just because there isn't a whole lot uh, out there in the free agent market. You've got a lot of teams uh, who are who have some money and are eager to turn a corner, like Miami and, and, and New York teams like that. Um, so I, I think around three years and and sixty, maybe even as high as uh, three years and and and, and about uh, uh, seventy or so. That's the three and seventy is probably a safer bet, but I think minimum is going to be three years and about fifty million. So David Locke is the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, and he comes on our show once a week, and he lives, eats, and breathes the NBA, and he thinks 
that as many as nine point guards could be changing teams here. Just a big old game of musical chairs. Is it going to be complete chaos, and how much of these negotiations are shaped by people who want to make an early move, call their shot, and get out of the game quicker, not later, because they don't want to get caught holding the bag here when yeah, people start I mean, grabbing you know, teams? As, I mean, look, they're not supposed to negotiate until, uh, uh, I think it's August 1st. That's that's BS. Yeah, of course, there's plenty of agents talking to plenty of GMs. There's things being lined up uh, as we speak. And, and, and things, those are usually the things that, that, that you and I won't hear about, is, is the things that are going on uh, that are really serious are the ones that everybody doesn't want to let out. So if, if, if Kyle Lowry, for instance, the point guard from, from Toronto, already has something lined up with Miami, we're not going to hear about that. Uh, but there's no question that that would go a long way towards setting the market uh, uh, for, for other point guards and also limiting some options if you're a guy like Conley. So, yeah, a lot of it is going to be musical chairs and, and, and who's going to be aggressive enough uh, to, uh, to get their chair first and sort of, sort of set the, uh, uh, the, the tone for the rest of the game. And, and, and it's going to be interesting to watch because, you know, you do have younger guys like Alonzo Ball, for instance, uh, who, who's going to be a factor in this. Uh, but most of these guys are going to be veterans. Even Chris Paul, uh, you know, should he opt out of that $40 million, which which most people think he will to get a longer deal, uh, you know, he's going to be involved in this as well. So, uh, yeah, it's going to really come down to, uh, you, you know, who, who kind of sets that market first uh, and, and, and what's, that, what's going to be the ripple effect uh, on other players. And how about other positions, too, beyond the point guard? Do you expect a lot of movement and teams taking players and players exchanging and moving? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's 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 not a huge year in free agency. I think there are some good names, a guy like DeMar DeRozan, for instance, uh, but, you know, not necessarily somebody who's uh, you know, a franchise player. So, um, you know, Kawhi Leonard is a possibility. He's the biggest name. Uh, you know, 99% of uh, uh, of all executives will tell you he's going back to the Clippers. Um, but, uh, you know, certainly he's, he's going to at least feel out the market. Uh, you know, I think there's a, a real chance for some movement at the draft this is a good draft there's a lot of uh, a lot of teams that have multiple picks the Knicks have multiple picks for instance they'd like to move up uh, so I think around the draft uh, July 29th I think we'll see uh, uh, a fair amount of movement Cleveland really wants to do something they want to get out of uh, Kevin Love's contract and uh, and uh, Colin Sexton is uh, uh, is part of a potential package there uh, we've all heard the Ben Simmons rumors, uh, so that that's that's going to be a possibility. Um, of course, Damian Lillard. We'll see what happens there. You know, so there are some big names I think on the trade market, uh, and I think the draft will be a pretty good time to watch as far as that goes. But free agency, I, I don't expect to be a huge deal, uh, just because there there really aren't that many great players out there. So the Suns have gone from a perennial lottery team to the NBA Finals. Is there anyone poised to make that jump? And, and how do you count the Warriors when you assess that, I guess? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't really count the Warriors. I mean, if you have, uh, you know, Steph Curry on your team and, 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 and Clay Thompson's just been hurt, I don't know that they really, uh, you know, that they really count uh, in terms of that. You know, uh, I, I don't think there's any teams that are, that are you know, necessarily been to the lottery as many times as the Suns are ready to turn it around. Um, I think Sacramento has some possibilities. Uh, you, you know, I think I think Minnesota is a team that, 
man, they've just gone and gotten so many young guys because they keep getting uh, lottery picks that, uh, uh, you know, you got to think eventually it's either going to click or they're going to have to make a trade. You know, you can't just keep, you know, running through all this stuff uh, and, and, and not have not have some success uh, without, you know, Carl Anthony Towns or, or somebody else being put on the block. So, uh, you know, Minnesota is a possibility there. They're kind of uh, uh, at a point where they've got to either make a change or, uh, or, or show some serious improvement. Uh, you know, maybe Charlotte. Yeah, if, Lamel- if LaMelo Ball can, can stay healthy, he really showed uh, a lot of promise. Uh, this year, so you know Charlotte would be a possibility as well, but I, I, I wouldn't, uh, uh, I wouldn't put the mortgage on that. That's for sure. You anticipating anybody making blockbuster moves to get move up in the draft on draft night? Yeah, you know, I, I think there'll be some teams trying. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, when you have a guy like Cade Cunningham at the top of the uh, draft, uh, as, as most presume he is, uh, there's a lot of teams that would really like to be able to move up there. And, and Detroit is, is uh, just at the start of its rebuild. So if it has the chance to get uh, multiple uh, multiple assets, uh, then, then I think the Pistons would at least listen uh, uh, to trade possibly. I think they'll, they'll take Cade Cunningham uh, in the end. But I think they're going to listen. So, yeah, I do think there's some possibilities. There's, there's, there's basically four guys, maybe five, uh, depending on how you count uh, Jonathan Kaminga from the G League. Um, you know, Evan Mobley is in there and, and, and Jalen Suggs and Jalen Green. Uh, so you've got basically five guys. So you've got a lot of teams really looking to get into that top five because those are the ones who have the potential uh, to be uh, to, to be real franchise changers. Once you get six, seven, eight, you still have some very, very good players available. Uh, but, you know, a little bit more of a gamble, a little bit more of a beauty in the eye of the beholder. So, uh, yeah, there's there's no question that, uh, that teams, especially those teams, like I mentioned, the Knicks, uh, with multiple picks are, are really looking to, to, to package and move up uh, to, to possibly get uh, a potential star. Damian Lillard went to Weber State. Ogden's about 45-minute drive north of Salt Lake City. There are plenty of Lillard fans. Is he staying put in Portland? You know, I, I think as long as Neil O'Shea stays there, he's going to stay put. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think O'Shea wants to be the guy who traded Damian Lillard. I think you know, he's still looking at it as a challenge to, you know, find a way to improve this team and, and, and get it better. You know, maybe there's a that there's a CJ McCollum trade uh, that, uh, that that he'd be willing to make. I just don't think that he wants to be the one uh, who traded Damian Lillard. If they make a change in the front office, and that's still a possibility. I mean, you know, this this the last few weeks have been, uh, you know, a bit of a dumpster fire in, Port- in Portland, and, and he could ultimately pay a price for that. Um, you know, if that happens, then... And I think there's a chance that that you'd see Damian Lillard, you know, that them really looking at serious Damian Lillard talks. Uh, but Lillard has not gone to the team and said trade me. Uh, so until that happens, and until Neil O'Shea is gone, then I think uh, I think Lillard stays put. Uh, but I would also say that there's a real chance that that O'Shea does get fired, uh, you know, next month maybe after the draft. Uh, and there's a real chance that that sometime somewhere along the line, maybe after the Olympics, Lillard goes to the team and says uh, and, and says trade me. None of that stuff's happened yet though, so I'd say no, uh, but but both of those are real possibilities. Well, Sean, it's going to be an interesting offseason. We appreciate you coming on for a few minutes and talking about it with us. Okay, thanks for having me, guys. Sean Devney, NBA editor. You can read him at heavy.com there as he covers the NBA. We are joined now by Gabe Gomez, general manager of Syringa Networks. 
Remote work, that has been the hot topic for months now. Some companies are going all in, expanding even more. Some have security issues. And Gabe is here with answers to your problems, whatever they are. Right, Gabe? Uh, that, that is correct. Uh, you know, we are a full-service telecommunications and IT uh, networking uh, firm. And that's and really one of the big things that we're focusing on is helping our clients and the business community in Utah uh, work through the, those issues of uh, having remote employees or hybrid employees, um, you know, whatever the, their telecom or IT-related uh, needs, uh, we certainly have answers for them. So when you say full-service provider, explain to people from uh, fiber optic connectivity, uh, internet, voice, uh, just, just all the things, you, what are all the things you do? Yeah, so we, we certainly offer all sorts of voice solutions, uh, whether it's more traditional type stuff or more virtual things like like Teams or Zoom type things. We also offer a fiber optic connectivity, internet access. We offer all sorts of uh, data type uh, communications uh, solutions as well as all kinds of managed IT and security services. So you've got uh, an environment right now where people are doing business with multiple time zones, multiple countries, and so being accessible at all hours of the day becomes a priority, doesn't it? Yeah, that, that's correct. Uh, business doesn't just operate from Monday through Friday to five. It's uh, you know it's it's around the clock, uh, especially companies here in the, the Utah market that they tend to are starting to really cater towards more global audiences. So we. We have a fully staffed network operations center that has uh, highly trained engineers and technicians uh, that are available around the clock, 7 by 24, 365. All right. How do people get a hold of Syringa Networks and the local people you've got in the Utah market? Yeah, the best way is to hit up our website. You can get quite a bit of information there, or you can call our local number. SyringaNetworks.net or call 385-420-7881. 385-420-7881 is the number for Syringa Networks. 385-420-7881. Thanks, Gabe. Thank you. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. You gave me some things that needed to be done and handled in case you died. Yeah. You know, we set up a little GoFundMe for the family. We, we yep. do some other things uh-huh. to make sure everybody's taken care of. And then your last one was, I don't think I could fulfill that one. <laughs> the last one, I, I just was in a bad place when I told you that last yeah. one. By the way, you and Lloyd both have to speak at my funeral. You don't want to speak anymore. Yeah, I do. I want both of you to speak for 10 minutes because I think it might be the first time in both of your lives that you would be forced to say something kind about me. Oh, that's not true. Lloyd, you'd have some happy hour recording. He's like, ready I've got go. all the drops ready to go. <laughs> 20 minutes of drops. Everybody at my, at my funeral's like, so he had herpes, huh? Is that what did him in? Or was it the ladder on the road? I'm not going to make it if I don't get this pie in me. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by SNS Roofing. SNS Roofing is your locally owned roof repair expert. For a free quote and for all your roofing needs, call SNS Roofing. You know, Yak, when you were back in the third grade, well, probably not. Yak, yak, yakking <laughs> on heaven's door. Right. There we go. We had a meeting with a consultant. I've heard of, I've heard it about this It was legendary. Meeting. But if you dig beyond that to other things the consultant said, 
He did give me some good tips that I thought really helped me. I think they really helped the show. And then there was an ongoing argument that we were just kind of peripheral to. It didn't really involve us because the consultant worked with other shows and with Stacey and managed it. But this whole, there was this whole debate, mercifully, we weren't in the middle of this one, a whole little debate about list radio and is it any good or not? And the list radio sucks. And, blah, blah, blah. and now we come in here in the morning and Yacht comes in and like this morning comes in and turns on the TV. You guys need the TV on in here. So you got this show, and they're paying people like Greedy's making six million bucks, and they got to list every other segment. Who's making six million bucks? Uh, the guy on the left with the beard, Greenberg. Oh, sure, yeah, I know who yeah, he is. Making six million bucks. So, which is only half. Wow, of what, it's only really? half of what Stephen A's making. Wow, he's making six million grand. <laughs> yeah, he's a six million dollar man. Good for him, right? And so. I know the whole argument about List Radio, and I get it. But then I just see the show that apparently is making a ton of money because they fire and lay off people all the time. They could have whacked him and canceled this show. So I'm assuming somebody's watching List TV every other segment. Top five quarterbacks under the age of 25, you know, that kind of stuff. And so you just came across a list that caught your attention, and immediately I thought of the whole List Radio debate. And, uh, and yet at the same time, I look at this list and like, oh, this is going to fire some people up. <laughs> this is going to, and I don't know if this list is right or wrong. There are some st- things on it that make me scratch my head. I can tell you that right now. I don't really look at this as list radio. I think it's a, a bigger issue, particularly as it relates to the University of Utah. All right, what do you got? Because they they rank the football division, whatever they're called, the I call it 1A, uh, 1 through 30. FBS. Yeah. So I look at this thing. PFF.com, big football website. You just go through it. And the thing that caught my eye is that on this list, Charlie B., Charlie Brewer. The youth quarterback. Is ranked in the 70s. What? It's not necessarily relative to you know who's ranked number one, Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma. If you want yeah. to know who the best quarterbacks are in the top 17, there's three for Phoenix, none of whom play locally. Uh, two in the top 10, Click, uh, Slovis at SC is rated as the top uh, Pac-12 quarterback. He's from the Phoenix area also. Is How good is this kid? Because at this time, rather than thinking, oh, well, he's better than the, the Nevada quarterback or the Arkansas State quarterback, uh, and the Arkansas State guy was there last year, is going to be transferring to Utah State, right? Uh, so... I got sucked in last year with this Jake Bentley. And then I saw him play. And he went yeah. really good. Went really, yeah. good. Right. really leads to the argument about the middle of the Pac-12 is so much better than the middle of the SEC. Because Bentley had a good SEC record, but it was great against the bottom two-thirds of the league, and it was terrible against the top third. And he got here yeah. and changed the system, and you changed teammates around him. And it was an odd year, so maybe it impacted his preparation. But it didn't go well. Yeah, I don't look at it the quarterback of their starting record. Uh, and they're not pitchers here. Uh, but I'm, what do I think of Brewer? Is it, Am I getting sucked in? They're labeling him Tier 4 as average as the 71st best quarterback in the country. And for comparison, the next guy on the list is 72, Arizona State's Jaden Daniels. And I always thought he was widely overrated. He throws a pretty deep ball. He's got a very strong arm, but the medium stuff where you make a living, eh, eh, and that's why you think he's overrated. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's okay. Exactly. Um, maybe he'll get better. 
Well, they do have them in the average tier. Although feels like a little generous here on the curve. Speaking of fifty-two to seventy-eight is the average group here on this list. Yeah, if you're speaking to Daniels, he's a younger kid, so he's got room. Brewer's not a younger kid. No, he's not. So he's more of a finished product. Uh, and so I'm wondering, I'm asking myself, am I getting sucked in the way I thought, oh, man, they're going to get an SEC guy last year, and he didn't even win the job. Rising run the jo- won the job. You can say, well, he's a Big 12 guy. Uh, I'm just wondering on these quarterback transfers. You know, we point to, oh, LSU and Ohio State, They've hit on guys. That's okay, but th- those that's guys, a different tier. Yeah, those guys were just bona fide NFL guys. But they were caught at a school that had two or three bona fide NFL guys and wanted to play. Yeah. So, they, and, and you could say that they, like JT Daniels down there going to Georgia, and he played as a freshman and then got hurt. We know, and then Slovis took over and hasn't relinquished the job, and probably not going to relinquish relinquish the job until he goes to the NFL which I assume would be after this season. His, there will be his third year, and then we'll see if the kid from uh, Corner Canyon takes over next year. Uh, but with Brewer, you know, if, if he was an NFL guy, well, he would have gone the NFL. Yep. Right? Okay, so I get why he's not top 20 or 30. But the youths don't necessarily need an NFL guy. What if you just had an above-average college quarterback? I mean, you'd love an NFL guy. Now these, I take an NFL this guy. This list is not taking into effect any NFL potential. They're not projecting ahead. They want to know, are you going to win right now? And some guys are in, some of the guys on this list who are graded pretty high are in systems where they're running the ball more. It's not, they're not really playing a style that will get you to the NFL. And but you, they're playing a style that'll win in college. You love to point out uh, Bentley's record was great against crappy SEC mm-hmm. teams and good against and crappy against good mm-hmm. SEC. Teams. But if we're gonna if you're gonna use the same barometer, Baylor sucked last year. No, you don't ever say that though. But they were really good two years ago. So it's not a matter of crappy teams versus what's it a matter of. So is it a ma- So here's the thing: the best case scenario for Ute fans is that. His last year was wrecked by COVID and uh, coaching changes. Well, he's got coaching changes this year. Yep. He's changed. The, he's the, the one who dictated the change. The, the worst news is he was a product of a really good team and had excellent talent around him and cashed in on it. But when everything around him wasn't, you know, all systems go, then he really floundered. So what do we got here? Well, how good is the Ute team? Or how good is the Ute offense around him? We think the O line's good. The receiving core took hits with transfers in the offseason. and running back. They're starting over with transfers. Isn't the Ute offense the Ute offense? Well, Has there been a wide range of variance from the with the Ute offense? How many years? And they were pretty good a couple years ago. And they had Moss and Ben. And, and they uh, had a third-year quarterback who was sticking in the NFL, at least yeah. as a backup. What's his name? Name escaped me now. Huntley? Yeah, Huntley. Yeah. He's with the Ravens. Right. So, other than that, when has their offense been a wide range in the 10 years that they've been in the conference? It's, it's been, been basically the same thing. It's been slowly <laughs> improving with the quarterback play. 
yeah, but like the turtle passing pace game, here, the passing, yeah, yeah, the passing game has large. Well, it's certainly been bottom half, and there's been several years it's been bottom quarter, bottom third. So, what are you expecting from out of Charlie B? Fourth or fifth best passing offense in the conference. That's the most you can hope for. Are we going through another thing here with Jake Bentley? Or do they have something? Now, he threw for a bunch of yards in a league where everybody, everybody throws dogs. for a bunch of yards. Yeah. That's probably the third thing we should throw out there. Aside from how good is the coaching staff and how good is the talent around him, it should also go to how good are the defenses. Like the Pac-12 can be – the Pac-12. The Big 12 can be good football and good offensive players. But even Oklahoma – who is at or near the top of the league. I mean, last year they did lose a couple games. But they outscore people. Right. So, I mean, the Big 12 is essentially the Colorado Rockies in, in Denver. It's what the WAC was in the 90s, and it's right. It's and, Rockies baseball. It's, in it's Denver. geared for – yeah, at home. <laughs> it's geared for offense. And then when you get on the road – and look at, look at the, the Rockies. What have they won? Like, they haven't even won double-digit road no, games this year. No, they haven't. <laughs> I, last time I looked, they were like 6-32 and 32 or yeah. something like that. I mean, that's atrocious. Yeah. So and they're, we, just, they're bailed out by the fact <laughs> that Arizona is bad home anyway. Oh, they're 9-34 and 34 now. Yeah. They've really rallied. I don't know. I think they're bailing out. <laughs> you you get in at least three times a day that the Diamondbacks suck. <laughs> We've got that. Uh, I don't think they're getting bailed out by anything. Uh, so is the Big 12, if they're the Rockies at home, well, the Pac-12 is not playing the Rockies at home. The Pac-12 usually has some pretty good defensive backs out there. And so you're wondering, what's his level of effectiveness? Well, how do I gauge it? I just look at some raw stats at Baylor and oh, wow. Okay. You know, if those stats were so awesome, why didn't he go to the NFL? Instead of transferring and coming back for another year. What's the point? Well, that's why I said best case scenario fourth or fifth best passing offense. There, Kyle wants to run it, so that's going to limit your passing numbers. You can look at passing efficiency, so that kind of accounts for throwing it less. You have but to there are going to be NFL quarterbacks and NFL receivers in the Pac-12. So to think the Utes are suddenly going to the top of the league, but could they just could they get to the top half? The defense is going to be good. The special teams will probably be pretty good. The running game is usually good. They got multiple transfers. We don't know who's going to start, so we'll just have to see. So if the passing game can just be decent, see the yeah, thing but, is, like, and they put uh, okay. him in a tier. When you tell me you put so, him in a tier, and they say he's average, tape that, Yak. Take that. So if the passing game can just be decent, let's see. Said 2012, 2013, 2014. If you were sick of this, this is the never-ending well, story. It's not changing. to change if you want to win it all. And everybody wants to win it all. It's I believe got, there's 12 teams that want to win the, the right, conference this yeah. year. Well, it has to get better. Does it have to get great? It has to get better to win it all. 
but I don't think you literally have to have the best passing offense in a conference. I just don't think you can win being seventh or eighth at throwing the ball. I know, but we keep saying the same thing. You're saying nothing that you haven't been saying for 10 years. That That's sunrises in the east. So are they going to get to fourth in the league in passing and win the league? That's what we that's the whole point. Not don't tell me the parameters. That's what I'm saying. Tape that so next year we don't have to listen to him. He can just you can take the day off. We'll Sweet. just we'll just play this. Can Yuck, they get you can just can edit they get a bunch of my clips together. Add a bunch of my clips together. Brewer will be just, gone. Yeah, Brewer can will be Cam gone. Can Cam Rising get an offense <laughs> what, that'll go to fourth or fifth? What I'm going to do is I'm just literally going to take this segment. I'm just going to clip out the name Charlie Brewer and insert yeah. X quarterback name, and I'll dub it myself. You'll dub in the name? Quindon Jackson. <laughs> Whoever it might be. Or now they got uh, somebody who runs a 4-2, 100-yard dash, yeah, apparently. Nate Johnson. Like, like, great. And That's Tom a, Brady Fresno kid. runs a Correct. 20 in the top, in, in the 40. Who gives a crap how fast he can run? By the way, that Fresno kid better win the job pretty quick or he's going to be a safety. <laughs> I mean, it's nice to have a, a just, speedster, but just, so what? It's not necessary. A, just read a story on him, and the part I missed because I don't follow recruiting close enough is that he was offered as an athlete first, and then later they used double back and offered him as a quarterback. Oh, great. He can run really fast. Right. That, that's nice, and Tom Brady's we... as slow as freaking mud. <laughs> so what? Can you move the ball through the air? Can you throw the ball on target on time? Yeah. I don't think Slovis is running any, uh, it going to Tokyo here to run in the 440 relay. Uh, so I, I want my quarterbacks <laughs> to be able to get the ball where it needs to be when it needs to be there. Uh, that's what I want, right? I, mean, I, I want high accuracy and the ability to make plays. If he can move around, that's great. But I want what I want there, and I think everybody wants that. I, I the, the, the thing about it here is now I'm going in, and this is nothing against Charlie B, uh, and I hope he has a lot of WAP uh, with him this season. What's the matter, Yuck? I want a lot of WAP plays. He's Charlie B. He's Charlie B. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a season-long thing, isn't it? I want- so USC's got the 10th-rated quarterback. Yeah, and he's good. And Utah has a 71st, and Arizona State has a 72nd, and those three teams are supposed to be the top half of the Pac-12 well, South. That's because the South Division isn't very good. Right. And SC is going to win it. So what are we doing? I don't think so. I, well, I mean, I can't say I don't think so. I don't know so. That's my whole thing. That's my whole point with Charlie B. Is I'm just going to take a wait and see. What do you got? Well, that's calm and reasonable when you say it, but when I set the parameters and have to go wait and see after that, well, just save it for next year. I'm a disgrace to radio. Take the day off. Oh, but the, the storyline has <laughs> been there for a decade. Because Well, but see, I didn't have a wait and see last year. That was different. So it isn't every year. I, was, I started to get amped on Bentley because he had 33 starts in the SEC. I got sucked in. That's what I'm saying. I'm incriminating myself, not you. You suck. We know you suck. I'm talking about me. Good. I'm glad I wasn't incriminated. <laughs> All right. I'm talking about yeah, This is self-incrimination. <laughs> I'm talking about me. I admit, I got sucked in last year. So now, I am not going to get sucked in because he had all these starts in the Big 12. I'm not saying he's going to suck. I'm not saying he's going to be great or average. I'm going to take a wait and see. I'm surprised that he is rated 71st. Now, I was what does too. that mean? My guess is Zach Wilson wasn't rated second last year. 
right at this time. So it doesn't necessarily mean anything, but, but nevertheless, I say, this is what you, we got right now. You, I'm surprised. When you told me there was a list, I thought he'd be 30. Agreed. DJ, you got to see this list. Uh, you, they're ranking all the quarterbacks. Uh, you guy will be 30. Right. That's why I think it stands out. And I thought he was going to be 30 for your exact point, which you and I have talked about before, was well, he didn't go to the NFL. The guys who are really good... They play their three years, and they are gone. I mean, Utah State's quarterback, Logan Bonner, is rated higher. 64. ECU, Holton Eilers. Eilers, but good Is try. rated higher. ECU. Go Pirates. ECU. Spell it. UAB. I want to get down with the quarterback from UAB. Do you know me? No, I don't. Grayson McCall, Coastal Carolina, number seven. Oh, we saw him play. Yeah. He's got the body. Carson Strong at Nevada, number 11. He's strong-armed. <laughs> well, he actually is, though. He's exactly. Got a, he's got a big arm. Oh, huge, man. He can throw I just think you, He can throw to rock. Ute fans just look and think, well, how come the best quarterbacks in the Mountain West Conference don't end up at Utah? If you can't out-recruit USC for a quarterback or Oregon for a quarterback, we got that. If don't I can't like have you, I don't but want nobody, it. baby. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I got some. When we come back here, I know we got to do the what the thing and the play of the day and all that. Something happened to me in a golf course this weekend in which I have never, ever had happen in 40 years of golf. Is this an uplifting story? It's a funny story, but it's not okay. uplifting. I have a negative story. We'll start with that. But I mean, it's good that it happened and they nipped this thing in the bud, but my gosh, hor- horrifying story. We'll get to that, but then we'll get you all happy with PK. That's how the show works. I do all the negative stuff, and PK does all the positive stuff. Yak, what would you like to do? Well, we happen to have a major championship this week. The British Open. Or the Open Championship, as they prefer to be have it called. Yeah, well, we're over here, so it's the British I know, Open. We're across the pond. We're giving away our golfers as typical, top 25 and the field, except we have one that had to drop out. Hideki Matsuyama had to drop out due to testing positive for so COVID-19. Did Bubba Watson. Bubba is not in the top 25 in the world, though. He should be. He's left-handed. He is a lefty. Random facts it. I'm actually supposed to have owned his. So you got a qualifier right now. People know how this works. You win a golf stepping up again. Uh, we got a you, you win a easy for me to say. You went to golf British Open giveaway, despite the fact it says here U.S. Open giveaway. Thanks for that. Thanks for the help with the copy. Just to see if I can make a mistake on the air, but I caught it. Ha! Uh, be caller twelve now and see what player you get. What player are they going to get, Yak? Tell them who they're dialing for at eight five five three four zero zone. Let's start off with a guy who is from across the pond, Terrell Hatton. All right. If, uh, if, you, if Hatton wins, then you get the same brand of putter that's in his bag. It's brought to you by Uinta Golf, serving Utah golf since 1971. 855-340-ZONE. PK, you and I were just at a golf course, and you were looking at putters. And I think you were looking online, too. I'm supposed to get one. My friend wants me to get one, but yeah. it costs 250 bucks, man. I'm too freaking cheap. You know, well, that, makes, that makes this quite... What? Scotty Cameron? That makes us quite the good price, then. For those of you who haven't priced putters. Well, yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. You yeah. win a golf's giving away a putter. Right. Nice. Oh, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Excellent. All right, caller 12 right now, 855-340-ZONE. Good luck. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. 
drunken fan walked up on the 10th tee at the Scottish Open, removed the club from Rory McIlroy's bag before somebody called security. This topic frustrates me a little bit because since Monica Seles, don't we all cringe a little bit yeah. when this sort of thing happens? Yeah. After that incident, I can't believe this stuff keeps happening. These events need to spend some dough on protecting the athletes that are competing. Come up with an extra few grand, hire the A-team or something, but then in <laughs> no, George uh, no, we, we know there's a lot of screwballs out there, but you know what? That rope, it's orange. <laughs> a rope isn't going to do it. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7, presented by Big O Tires, the team you trust on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. And now, really? your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. Really? And Altuve hits it in the air, pretty deep to left. Going back is LaCastro at the wall, looking up. See you later! <laughs> see you later! See you later! See you later! See you later! Astros win it in the bottom of the ninth! Jose Altuve, the walk-off homer! 8-7 Astros! And it's deja vu all over again! And how about this? Jose Altuve's jersey is torn off. Chevy Strong play of the game. There it is. The Astros score six in the ninth. The last three on Jose Altuve's walk-off homer to beat the Yankees. That's the Chevy Strong play of the game. Know it today at 450. And you will win fabulous prizes during the big show. All right. A couple of stories to pass along. Uh, One, Major League Baseball. Police in Colorado said they feared a Las Vegas-style shooting could have occurred during the All-Star game in Denver this week. They found dozens of guns and thousands of rounds of ammunition in a hotel room near Coors Field, and they got a tip from a maid. It was an eighth-floor room and had a balcony overlooking Denver's downtown area. Three men and a woman have been arrested, and the authorities... Uh, went back and said the uh, investigation arrests were the result of a tip from the public, serving as an excellent example of the critical role the community plays in public safety. See something, say something. And a maid said something. There were, uh, among the guns, 16 long guns, body armor, and over 1,000 rounds of ammunition. That sounds like something. that In downtown Denver. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that sounds horrific. So we've all been to downtown Denver. That's a hopping in place. And then uh, they got the ballpark district there. I've been to several games over there. It's a great place. And I'm sure that tonight and tomorrow are going to be uh, home run derby tonight, six o'clock. Yeah. And and Shohei's the show, obviously. All right. So that's uh, that's that story. Now you've got a uh, golf story. This doesn't happen, huh? This never happened to me before, ever. Ever tell ever. us tell us about your albatross. I'll tell you one thing that leading up, it didn't happen to me personally. Oh. Uh, having that guy play, I, I will say that uh, last week we went down to St. George for the fourth, and we got hooked up with a guy. My wife's name's Jackie, and I was introduced myself as Pat. And if they know PK, we go from there. And so the whole round, he called me Jack because she's Jackie, and he got confused. And then this last week, we went up to Mountain Dell. And got hooked up with two guys, and we only played nine, and the entire time he called her Patty. It's ballpark. <laughs> it's just, you're just playing. I mean, if they played 18, they might have gotten the names right, but if it's just nine, what's the point? So, uh, anyway, uh, which I used to introduce me, uh, your name, and I may remember it, 
And if, but most of the time, I'm not even going to say your name. I'm just going to say good shot in case I screwed up. Uh, but we were at the eighth hole. It's a little par four uphill. And the guy, uh, we hit our shots. Guy gets out of his golf cart. And we've all been there where we've left clubs. I left my seven iron somewhere, and I have no idea where it is. So I had to go down and order a new one. Over the uh, last uh, the other day, last Thursday, I think, or Wednesday, I went and ordered a new one because I've called various courses, don't have it. But this guy gets out of his cart. And he's got your 7-iron. No. Oh. He's not only missing a club, he's missing every club. His bag was gone. It just fell off and nobody his heard it? His bag was gone. It fell off and nobody heard it. <laughs> Come on, man. We have all Hold been on. there where the bag falls and hits the ground and makes a huge racket. Yeah. Everybody looks at you. He gets off, goes around. He's, he's the driver's seat, so he makes a little left-hand uh, turn there and goes back, and there's no golf bag. The other guy's like, what? Hey, you, neither of them knew, and we were ahead. And so we didn't see anything. He goes back. Nothing. Well, it couldn't have fallen off very long ago because presumably when he hit the last shot, he had his clubs. Which so you would have been, the, are you which the would have been a putt. Are you at the eighth tee? Yes, yes. He's and that's the, when he realizes. Yes. This, and so then the seventh, seventh green, green, he green, has a putter. And he goes back to the in seventh. In fact, he birdied the hole. Oh, nice. He birdied seven. We, he and I both Seven's birdied. an uphill par three. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. the pin was in the front. It's about 120 yards. P and I both birdied. And mine was a little four-foot uphill putt. He had a bender, and it went in. He got real excited. He said, sure, it was a great putt. And uh, because it had a nice break, and, and he made it. And if he fist-pumped me, and he fist-pumped the air, a la Tiger, and it was great. So we get in our car, drive, and you go across that bridge mm-hmm. that goes across the street. That would co- be the place to lose it. Well, yeah, and he comes back, and I said, well... Probably must have dropped off because he went back and checked and came back and didn't have it. He didn't have it. That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) This is a true story. So he comes back over, back over the bridge. Because we all know when you lose a club and you forget a club two or three holes ago, maybe somebody picked it up because they're taking it back to the clubhouse and you may not hit every group on the way back. So you may have missed the group that picked it up because you zoom around a couple holes, not trying to bug everybody and. Be the idiot who forgot the club. Yeah, which I've done a million times. But when it's your whole set of clubs and a whole bag. And a bag, yeah. And, I mean, that's a muni course. A lot of people played it. It's like And it was a Saturday. From the 8th tee to the 7th green is a straight shot. You're not passing any other groups. You literally retrace every step. <laughs> it wasn't there. And you're right. you got to hit the bridge. It's not like there's three different ways you can go. So what, he just didn't finish the round because he didn't know where his clubs were? No. Did he ever find them? <laughs> so he comes back over. He doesn't have it. You, you're figuring, okay, when he comes back over the bridge, and there's a decent distance between seven and eight. Yeah. And so you figure when he comes back, okay, he's going to have his clubs back. But he comes back, and no, there's still only one set of clubs in the back. <laughs> I've never seen this ever, ever, ever. So he calls the pro shop. And the only thing I could think of is that somewhere along the line, the group behind us, because they didn't, they, they, it was slow, so they pulled up. We're still on the tee. Hey, did you, not, did you happen to see a set of golf clubs in a bag? What? No. <laughs> 
And and so the only thing we could think of is that uh, before the group behind us got across the bridge, the group off of 10 going over must have picked up the golf clubs because then there's that little snack shack there, and they turned it in there. Ah. So he ends up getting it back. And then he, rather, by that point, it was taking some time. And to his credit, he just dropped in the eighth fairway next to his friend. Yeah. So he ends up, he got the, he got the, get, uh, the bag back. But it was like 10 minutes of You have, sheer to, you have panic. to let a group play through? <laughs> we, we didn't know. They waited. And then, yeah. so he didn't play at the tee. Because we were already up in the fairway. Yeah. We'd already hit our second shots. Because there was no reason for us to wait. Right. Yeah, so I've never been where a guy lost his entire set of clubs. So it made me feel really good about just losing the 7-iron. DJ PK, we are joined now by Gabe Gomez, general manager of Syringa Networks. And Gabe, people have a lot of challenges working online with remote employees these days. How many challenges can you help them solve? Well, quite a few of them um, when it comes to their IT and telecommunication services. One of the biggest challenges is to make it uh, so that their remote workers can uh, uh, you know, operate as, as efficiently and as effectively as if they were in the office and with the same level of security uh, from an IT perspective as well. And that's one of the big things that we help our clients with. So do you get more calls these days about security? Because we read about all the, you know, the hacking and uh, malware and, and, and people ransomware and all that stuff. Or is it just more remote workers and it makes everything more complicated? And that's really where the demand is in the marketplace. Yeah, the majority has to do with uh, IT security. There's a lot of, uh, given that it's uh, so widespread right now in terms of um, nefarious activity on the Internet, um, a lot of uh, companies out there are looking for better ways to secure their data and to make sure that all their telecommunications infrastructure is secure. So we offer free assessments and consultation to go in and uh, take a look and see what recommendations we can make. So the biggest thing is you got to be there when the people need you. And so you've expanded. You're around the clock all year long? All year long, 7 by 24 by 365. We have the highly trained engineers and technicians ready to take calls. And you've got a local presence. We do, and that's one of the, the unique things about Syringa Networks is that you know we operate here in the Utah, uh, the, the state of Utah, and um, we uh, understand the business climate here. So this having this local team here is a huge advantage to our customers. All right, local sales and engineering professionals can meet your team to jointly develop IT and telecom solutions. You can reach out to Syringa at syringanetworks.net or call 385-420-7881. Call Gabe Gomez, GM at Syringa Networks now at 385-420-7881. Thanks a lot, Gabe. Thank you.